RPG fans, welcome to episode 25 of the Switch RPG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Boston himself, Gio. What's up? Mr. Boston, well, today is the beginning of the NHL season. Uh, it is the third. The Boston Bruins are my home team. You can see if you're watching the video, I've had the hat on. They are not faring so well right now. At the moment, I believe they are down 6 to nothing luckily it is a long season um and also unluckily if you don't like sports um you had to hear that so yeah what's up I, how's it going out there well i mean i think that even if we don't like sports that we can commend you for at least being bold enough to show up in that hat when always are going awry always ladies um, and gentlemen if this is your first time listening welcome to your first hockey lesson and this <laughs> is the uh podcast officially from the uh, website switchrpg.com that brings you exciting news upcoming game releases and all the latest and greatest in the world of rpgs on the nintendo switch platform this week we've got xenoblade chronicles 2 news we've got other stuff we don't have yeah. a lot of news this week we're gonna go ahead and give it we're gonna go ahead and give you our hand here it's not mm. a lot of news okay very light very so light. uh we we're also talking about uh, rpg bosses and then finally the return of everyone's favorite game triple r triple r let's get this week started no housekeeping let's jump into the news i said well let's not even jump in let's like Stick one let's foot just, in, and then because we're gonna just take the foot right back out. Because let's just nothing. walk through the puddle. Walk through the puddle. Here we go. Uh, NintendoSoup.com has a little article up here about Geo's favorite and most anticipated game coming up: Digimon Survive. Um, and this little piece of news tells us that this game's gonna have three story paths. Wow. Maybe maybe a fourth. Maybe well, a that fourth. one's that one's in the thoughts. Is what the headline says. It is in the thoughts. Uh, the article says, I'm just going to read a little excerpt here. The choices you make in Digimon Survive will affect other characters' life and survivability, which in turn affect the story of the game. As a result, players can expect three paths within the game, although a fourth path is currently in consideration. Okay. Um. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, light news this week. <laughs> this is this is this is uh, a scrape in the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I mean it's cool for uh, for folks who are uh, into Digimon Survive. Um, you did mention that I was um, anticipating this. I'm not, but I know that there are folks that are. But for the record, I do like survival games. Now, I do think it's interesting that this one's going to have enough of a narrative to warrant, you know, storylines and mm-hmm. there'd be three different ones that you could take. Your choice is affecting the survivability of yeah, they have, they your have some other, weight. you know, NPCs or party members, I'm 
I'm assuming. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, it's cool that some of the choices you're making in a Digimon game have have the weight to change the story. So, that is cool. There you go. Uh, Let's go over to usgamer.net. They report the Xenoblade Chronicles 2's sales outside of Japan were much more than Monolith Soft ever thought they would be. Uh, so this is good news. Read you a little excerpt here. It's good to be a JRPG on the Nintendo Switch. According to Monolith Soft Executive Director Tetsuya Takahashi, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and its recent DLC, Torn of the Golden Country, surpassed Monolith Soft's commercial expectations, especially in the West. The success of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 means a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 isn't out of the question. We never thought it was. Mm-hmm. Though Takahashi isn't prepared to say what Monolith Soft is working on next, of course. Sure. Now, we, we I, gee, I, don't, I think we both, think it's not the next thing isn't going to be xenoblade chronicles 3 but it's certainly likely that that will be coming at some point this isn't news we knew i mean we knew Mm -hmm. even before torna the golden country came out we knew that xenoblade chronicles 2 performed very well for the kind of game that it was and for the level of game that it is yeah so it's kind of they're kind of acting um like square is um Square Enix, where they just weren't expecting the numbers on this side of the ocean at all. Um, yes, yes, but I feel like in a bit more sincere way than Square. I think Square didn't expect it because Square has their head in certain spots, and right. uh, I, I feel like I feel like Monolith Soft is an interesting is is an interesting spot because Xenoblade they're Chronicles, exclusive. Well, they, they are, they are, and 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 if you look at their recent game history, right? So Xenoblade Chronicles. I mean, there are a lot of people that love that. It was on mm-hmm. the Wii. It was a successful. It was a successful, you know, RPG. But then Xenoblade Chronicles X. Some people played that, and I'm only saying some because it was on the Wii U that nobody had. So I mean, you're talking about an install base for the Wii U that was a fraction of what the Switch is already, right? And and so then a fraction of those Wii U owners played Xenoblade Chronicles X. So you're launching Xenoblade Chronicles 2, you know. Properly. Uh, properly. And yeah, and so like your trajectory for your series is Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one. And then X is like an offshoot sort of different style of game, mm-hmm. not in the main series. Now you've got a 2. I on a brand new system. Remember, they're developing this for the Switch and nobody knew what the Switch was going to do. It was... It was an unknown quantity. You know, we had a lot of people now jumping head over heels onto Switch because they weren't going to before because nobody knew if this was Nintendo's last breath effort at a, you know, at hardware. Mm. So, yeah, I think Monolith Soft, they were probably conservative for, you know, right, right for reasons. Sure. It's good to know that they were exceeded. Right. Um. I just I hope they take the 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 path that um Bethesda's doing with with um with uh geez with Xenoblade Chronicles where they're there's they're just starting to integrate possibly a new series. So maybe have the new series and then the next game be Xenoblade and then the next game be that you know, uh either another series or an expansion on this current new series that they work on. Uh, but I also hope that they remaster Xenoblade Chronicles X because 
it is a good it's a good game uh, it's it's very much an exploration uh rpg you know um but i mean you're right not many people got to play it and it's too bad because it really is good it really is good i totally agree i love that analogy let them be the eastern you know the the japanese bethesda i think that's mm-hmm. a wonderful analogy because from from a couple, couple of different angles i like i like that you're bringing up uh what you meant by bethesda this is what i'm thinking you meant by bethesda is how bethesda has elder scrolls then fallout elder scrolls right. fallout right they've yep. got xenoblade chronicles number xenoblade chronicles x xenoblade chronicles number presumably xenoblade chronicles x2 or whatever whatever do yeah uh i think that's a really smart move because you never really burn out on one series. We don't get the annualization. We don't get the burnout because every other entry is a little bit different, you know, or it, you know, it's going back to a certain style, right? We're not Mm -hmm. burning out on fantasy because we know between elder Scrolls games, we're getting, you know, guns and an apocalyptic setting, you know? So that, that, that's cool. And then from another perspective that I think that Bethesda is a good analogy is those games, you know, going back and forth between those series, we're not getting one year fallout, one year elder scrolls. We're getting like three or four years, elder scrolls, another three or four or five years fallout. And I think Mm -hmm. that we're seeing monolith soft sort of in that same pattern where there is three, four, five years between games. And I think that that's great because that means that the games that we do get are quality. Yeah. And I think that quality over quantity, I will always take that. And the thing is that they build games that can take players those three or four years, right? We still got, we've got people, you know, finishing up their first playthrough of Xenoblade Chronicles two right now, almost a Mm -hmm. year after release, you know, 300 hours into the game. That is quality. And that is, you know, a dang good game. And now people are going back and playing those 300 hours for a second time. Plus the DLC. The DLC. Yeah, the DLC alone is about 50 hours, which is is unheard of. Mind-blowing. Yeah, you don't hear about that at all. So Monolith Soft right now has probably got to be one of my favorite developers for at least for the Switch, for sure. Yeah, and I think going back to what you're saying about a remaster for X, I think it is totally not only within the realm of possibility, but I think that it is a strong uh, probability. I would say mm-hmm. there's a probability. I mean, they already have a history of remastering. They they brought Xenoblade Chronicles 1 from the Wii to the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I guess it was the new 3DS or whatever. So there there is a precedent there for it. Um, and then I also think that the, as you alluded to, the game play style of x the exploration game style i feel like that fits so well on the switch we saw it with breath of the wild yeah you can take it take it away from your house take it away from where you mainly play it you know exactly it just the the the, being able to play it in your hands or on the tv for some reason in this little you know in this little box the fact you know the thought of having an entire world in here is just really really neat to me so i I would Mm -hmm. take any open world game on this thing. And so I think, you know, an explore an explorative game like X, I would eat that up so much because I didn't play it. I didn't have a Wii U. 
So the, the majority of Xenoblade Chronicles two, I played handheld. Um, don't tell my boss I played it at work. <laughs> so great. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's that's the whole the best thing about the Switch is that you can continue to play anywhere. It extends your play. Uh, you know, you play throughout the day. It's it's perfect. It's really perfect. Yeah, so uh, prepare yourselves for more Xenoblade Chronicles in the future. I think that's a very good thing. And, I mean, like like I said, that was news slash no news. Everybody knows that's coming. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it's going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, last piece of news. Yes, you heard me correctly. Last piece of news. <laughs> no hour-long news segment this week, everyone. Uh, is And this isn't even Switch news. This is literally <laughs> scraping the... Bottom of the barrel, okay? <laughs> we're trying our best. We're doing, yeah. NintendoLife.com. They're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, really, putting this out there. NintendoLife.com uh, posted this little story. This is, this is a leak, okay? Uh, it's not... We I won't even really classify it as news. I don't... But it's not really a rumor, because we know... Not, Geo not this rumors. point. Yep. Yeah, streamers. But it is a leak of a trailer for a third-person open-world Harry Potter RPG. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of those words were in the same sentence. It is a thing. There is a lot of evidence for it. If you go look at the Nintendo Life article, you can no longer see the video as it was taken down. Like I said, this was a leak. Uh, so we should be seeing some sort of announcement from Warner Brothers fairly soon for an open world Harry Potter RPG. You take control of a new student right. of Hogwarts and there you go. I guess the world of Harry Potter is now alive and well and more than just your AR smartphone game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, uh, Harry Potter, while it's never really been my franchise, uh, Harry Potter's a huge IP, huge franchise, and one that hasn't been represented in a video game to its full potential. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of people love the, the Harry Potter Lego games, but, like, it, the setup is, of Harry Potter is, it needs, it needs a, good, a good video game. Um, it it lends itself to a good video game, the story of Harry Potter, I think, um, and especially in RPG. Well, and okay, so I'll say even if the story itself lends it, I'm happy that this doesn't seem like it is the story. I, this right. goes back to I think a couple of episodes we were talking about how I like when video games or video game movies, like if you're jumping mediums, don't feel like you have to tell the same story. Because right. that story was written for that specific media. Mm-hmm. It was written for a book or it was written for a movie. Okay, well, now if you're telling the game, it may not translate that well. So I, I feel like we're not playing as Harry. We're playing right. as possibly, I guess, maybe you your, name your character. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe this is like a, you know, sort of a, a full-on Western RPG. We'll talk about Western RPGs in, in, in a bit. A little bit of foreshadowing there. But um, as far as this being an actual switch game. We don't know at this point. We technically don't even know what platforms it's going to be on, but presumably it looks like PS4, Xbox one. Definitely. It definitely yeah. It definitely has the look and quality of a PS4, Xbox one game. So, yeah, but you know, I, 
like I said, Harry Potter to me is a big enough IP and a big enough, like we've never really gotten a true Harry Potter video game. I thought, yeah, I thought this might, might excite some people. So yeah. if that's your thing, then congrats. Congrats. It, it looks kind of cool though. I mean, I'm again, like you, I'm probably even less of a Harry Potter uh, person. Um, but it, it does look, it looks interesting for sure. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, when I first saw the trailer for the Harry Potter AR game for your smartphone, I was like, wow, this looks great. What is this? Oh, wait. It's like, you know, Pokemon Go or whatever. And I was like, ah, that's not, that's not, that's not for me. I'm still playing Pokemon Go. Oh, that's great. You actually live in civilization. I live out oh. in the <laughs> middle of the woods where, oh, okay, I can go like catch a Pokemon from that bush. Let me go tell my friend, oh, wait, I don't have any because nobody around here knows what Pokemon is. <laughs> that that's, that's probably the one huge drawback to Pokemon Go. So you got these people who, live, who are living in LA outside of, uh, you know, Pokemon, Pokestops, like instantly getting like a bunch of stuff, like with no issues at all. Then you got people who live in, you know, less lived in areas like maybe you, um, it's just, it yeah, just let me drive work. two hours to climb a pine tree to try to get this Pokemon. Wait, you this don't have great. to climb a pine, any trees. All right. You're, you're, you're already playing the game wrong. Let me, let me dig down into this cave in the middle of the freaking woods. See, you're one of the people the you see in the news, just looking at the phone, trying to catch Pokemon the right over the edge of the cliff. You're playing it all wrong. That's the problem. Well, see, we living down here in the south, we have our own version of Pokemon. It's called deer hunting. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> for the record, I do not hunt deer. For the record, <laughs> I've never done that in my time. I have a so ton anyway. of deer in my backyard. If you're ever, if you're ever up oh, here, oh man, oh dear. Welcome to the south. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the news this week. So, uh, cool, 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 cool. Gio, what you been playing? Help us out um, here. If if you uh, go on our YouTube page, I've been doing a little video games on there. I've been playing Wasteland Two. Been, it, at first, it was I was struggling playing with it. But yeah, yeah the, your initial reaction was was not so good. Um, it feels like an old game. It's it's definitely an older game. You can you you can tell that by playing it. The story is interesting. Um, but I'm I'm starting to get into it a little bit now that I'm used to the combat and, and everything. There's still a little, you know, quirky things about it. I think you can definitely also tell that it's not only just an older game, but you can definitely tell it's a mostly um like com- it's mostly a computer game because I feel like a, a point and click would does that would do that game really well. So putting it on the handheld or putting it on a console like this is just you can see that there's some mm-hmm. some issues. Um, but I'm still playing Divinity. It's it's my game of the year, um, for sure. Um, so I'm still doing that, and I'm, again, I have that up on 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 the uh, YouTube, as well as I'd like to play a little bit more Banner Saga. I'm just um, I'm finding I don't have a lot of time, so I've just been playing those those two games right now. Well, speaking of Banner Saga, that's what I've been playing. Uh, I think I'm going to make another pass through the series. I think enough time from Banner Saga 3 has passed that my emotions are kind of settling down. 
It okay. Was, it's a very emotional experience. So I'm I'm going back through. I I just picked up sort of in the middle. I had a I had a save game sort of in the middle of the game, and so I'm trying to get my feet wet again in the original. Uh, trying to get reused to some of the mechanics that weren't around in the original that are present in the third. So a little bit of a relearning curve, mm. but uh, we might we might be seeing maybe a video or two. Okay. Of uh, Philip playing Banner Saga. I possibly. would love that. I would love to. I would watch that, honestly. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of reading. Is there like is everybody okay with that? I mean, it's a lot I, of reading. I, I think if you're a better reader than I am, people will probably love it. Okay. I'm terrible. All right. I'll I mean, I'm not that. a bad reader. Okay. I Well, I mean, I mean maybe. you read the news really well. Like oh, like well, a champion. You. Like well, a champion. You. Yeah, you know, no problem. Thank you. I'm the master reader of of the Switch RPG podcast. Mm-hmm, it's great. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, sales releases. Well, let's go releases. You know, I don't really cover sales anymore, and that, here's the reason why. Here's well, the reason you, why. <laughs> okay, I, I think it's, one, it's more. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's advertising, but I think games are like that are going for so cheap. They just keep putting themselves on sale, taking them off, take putting them on just just for. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. well, I mean, you're, you're you're kind of right. Okay, because we'll have some games that are like 95% off. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, they're just like giving it away. So there's probably something wrong there. Um, or it's like 7% off. And I'm like, well, that's not really a sale. Either. They're just trying like, to get on that page. Yeah. And so there's that aspect. But then there's also the aspect that because we normally record this like two days before it actually releases. I've noticed sometimes games that I read that are on sale, by the time the episode actually rolls around, they're not on sale anymore. So I feel like it's useless for you to listen to. So anyway, Um, but games that are actually releasing. Oh boy. Let's go. This is October 3rd. So upcoming uh, this week, we've actually got... Looking at the calendar, well, we've actually got nothing. We've got nothing. We've got nothing for you. Next week's going to be a good week. Next week's going to be an incredible week. Let me let me just go ahead and tease that out. Next week is going to be absolutely incredible. And if you were a member at SwitchRPG.com, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. You would know exactly what three games are releasing next week. So you got to go SwitchRPG.com. Figure it out. Or just come back next week and listen to me tell you. But three really, really good games next week. Okay. But nothing this week. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hear from you. Remember, we are all about community here at the Switch RPG Podcast. So if you want to be part of the show, you can be sure to email your questions using our uh, question form at switchrpg.com slash podcast. Or you can always go into our podcast channel at our Discord channel, which is discord.switchrpg.com, and post it in there. We'll be sure to answer it on the show if we can. We've got a couple of questions for you, for us. You've got a couple of questions for us this week. We start off with Captain Vulgar asking, how large are y'all's libraries for the switch right now 
he added uh, a an addendum. He means total, so this can be physical releases and digital. Yeah, yeah. I um, I try to be as I try to have more physical copies of games than digital, unless it's really there's no other option. So for me, I'm mostly physical. I have about twenty five physical games and then maybe I actually have more games than I thought um, 25 physical and maybe six digital games because it's not just me that plays the switch my son also plays he's five years old so he has well I have games for him that I would never think of playing that he likes to play so for example Minecraft for a while actually he's still playing Minecraft. I, I mean, because it's I a got, quality game. It is a quality game, and and <laughs> I probably could have just gotten him that, and he would be fine playing it. I mean, that's um, a great that's a great first RPG for for somebody. Is is that an RPG? I just said that to make you mad. I don't think it's an RPG. Um, but you know, he he played he and he completed uh Mario Odyssey. Oh, great! That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so he did that on his own. Um, but he, he constantly wants you to play and I feel bad for turning him down. Okay. Now there's a reason why I've turned him down because he wants me to be cappy and Mario Odyssey is not the best two player game. Um, especially when you're cappy. Um, so cappy pretty much does nothing when you're playing as him. So, um, I will, uh, I'm just, I'm just joking. I do play with him as cappy. I struggle through it, but I do it. Uh, play with him with Minecraft. He, we have a great time playing that game. Um, but then he has some. We have. I got some other games like Kirby. He loves Kirby. Um, he completed Kirby as well. He 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 probably completes more games than I do. To be honest with you. Um, but yeah, between us both, we probably have twenty five physical games and about five or six digital games. So, here is my entire library. Your your social security number is there. Yeah, it's right there. Um, (laughs) That was great, great fodder for the audio folks. I just you know flashed my uh, switch to the camera. Uh, I have about twenty three games. The all digital. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, I bought my first physical switch game last night, and it was actually the Kirby game. Okay, Um, I did that because I was actually at a GameStop because we were in the mall and uh, it was a spur of the moment purchase because uh, my girlfriend said, hey, I remember playing Kirby back in the day. I'd play that. I said, well, it's multiplayer. I'll get it if you'll play it with me. So we're going to play that. There you go. There you go. Perfect. You get a game that... Like if my wife ever said that, I would just buy. Yeah, like I was like, 10. all right, I'll get three copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would buy like ten. Co- okay, how many you have? I'll take them. You know, she's but- like, she's like, yeah, I remember playing Mario too. I was like, okay, well, I'll get Mario as soon as I can. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting Nintendo online. They got Mario on there. We're doing yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. She's like, I used to play. Uh, oh, she was like Crash Bandicoot. Oh, I played Crash Bandicoot. Is that the racing one? I was like, oh, no, that's not the racing one. But no, I've got no. Mario Kart. <laughs> Um, another, I have Crash for him, and that game is so much harder than I remember. He has my son has such a hard time. I have a hard time playing that game. So, yeah, Dang. there are some games where he's played like maybe about 
you know, an hour or so, and they they never go back in the in his switch. <laughs> uh, I would I would like to get more physical physical games. I think that's something I'm going to try to to do more of. But I've been almost all digital up yeah. to this point. So there you go. All right. Next up, we got Paul Nichols asking. Gio, what's your favorite boss fight in an RPG ever? Ever? Don't give me a lame boss fight. Give me the best one. The best one? Um, I struggled with this. I because... clearly didn't. <laughs> no, you clearly did not. You have a list of about 18. <laughs> I have a... <laughs> I'm going to give you one. Okay. Um, and I'm going Dark Souls 3. Okay. Um, th- this was my first entry into Dark Souls. It was Dark Souls three? Then I went. I went back. When I first played that game again, it was Dark Souls three. The Soul of Cinder was possibly the hardest boss I've ever played against. And when the satisfaction you got from from beating that, and then just in general, that entire game is is kind of complicated. Um, that that feeling of satisfaction after you beat that that boss, like can't even describe it. It was it was awesome. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go Dark Souls three Soul of Cinder. Um, is is there? And, and I mentioned um Sin for Final Fantasy ten, but apparently he is not the final boss. It's been so long since I've played that. It's uh who is it? It's uh Jack. Well, okay. Well, see, so yeah, Jack is like. One of the the for real boss, like the last for real boss, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did beat that game. I just it's been so long since I've played it. But the only thing I do remember was fighting against Sin and how hard that battle for me at the time was. But well, I'll I'll add I'll add one onto my list. Jumping off of Final Fantasy X, I'll tell you, Unaleska in that game. Maybe okay. everybody else had a breeze through that boss fight, but that one kicked my butt so many times. And remember, folks, this was back in the day before game makers had this brilliant idea to let you skip cutscenes. So <laughs> I had to watch that eight or ten minute cutscene for the Unaleska fight many, many dozens of times. Mm. Um, there's that. So that was from a, a satisfaction standpoint. There's also yeah. Kingdom Hearts, the original. Uh, I call it the possessed Riku fight. It's when um, he is sort of possessed by Ansem for the first time. Uh, f- for those who've played Kingdom Hearts 1, it's when uh, Donald and Goofy gets uh, knocked out of the boss ring. So you were fighting Riku alone, and I struggled with that one. Maybe I went in underleveled. I don't know. But I struggled so much with Possessed Riku, and that was yet another instance where cutscenes really, <laughs> really, really messed my day up. Yeah. So, so, so cutscenes is your is your final boss. Cutscenes are my final boss because also <laughs> Kefka, the final form of Kefka, also has a, a really, really long, lengthy cutscene. Okay. The, the final boss in Final Fantasy VI. Really lengthy cutscene, and it's all text-based. You know, Final yeah. Fantasy VI. So you're just spamming that X button. You know, just spamming. Try to try to just go through the text as fast as possible, because you've already read it once, maybe thrice, you know. So I really struggled with that. I think I was underleveled in that one, too. The reason the, the, the Kefka 
is my favorite boss of all time, though, is because it was one of the few times in my life where my gameplay really like matched my the narrative I had in my head this whole time. Uh, okay. Because in my mind, for you know, for those who've played Final Fantasy VI, you know that there's really not a main character. You know, Terra, I guess, is like one of the faces of of the game. But she's really not the main character. You you could make a case for Locke. You could make a case for Celeste. You could make a case for Sabin or um uh or Edgar. You know, so there are so many people that could be the main character. To me, it's always been Celeste. She's my favorite character in the game, and to me, she has one of the most sort of emotional storylines and one of the best character arcs in the game. So she was always my main character. And it just so happened that in the final form of Kefka in final fantasy six, all of my party members, except for her died. And I'd already played this boss 10 or 11 times. And this is my first time beating the, this is my first time beating the game. And so I remember it had gotten down to the point where I had been like healing myself over and over again, just to like stay alive during his attacks and things like that. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, I know he's got to be getting close. So I either heal myself and possibly die in two rounds, or I just spam attack until he dies. And I survived with like three or four HP, like blinking red. And Celeste was the one who dealt the final blow alive by herself. And I just, I just set the controller down and was like, this is the perfect ending for this game because she is my main character and that, that's what that's what happened. So that's like my favorite boss moment of anything. If, if you had just given the other party members a little bit of love, you know, some attention, maybe they could have helped out a little bit more. Get them out of there. There's only... Okay. It's All a, right, it's I'm a, just saying. It's a game of one one character for me. Okay. Um, a couple of other runner-ups that I've got in here would be um, Guild Wars... Uh, Guild Wars Nightfall, the end of that, uh, you're fighting one of the the one of the forsaken gods of that pantheon, Abaddon. Uh, that was one that my brother and I, I've talked about um, our, our journeys through Guild Wars. And that was one that we just, it was one of the first times in an MMO that we were playing like really late game content. And so when we beat that, we we're just like, we're king of the world. Like we're, we're <laughs> this is the best feeling. And we did that together. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, and then final shout out goes to dragon age origins because I have to, Okay. Uh, but I, I'm going like a boss that disturbed me the most boss that disturbed me the most to this day is the brood mother from, uh, from Dragon Age Origins. And if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then spare yourself. But the backstory behind that, like if you if you read, uh, and I know you get a lot of this in like Dark Souls and stuff too, right? So like if you read like the texts and the surrounding area, you learn like the backstory of this boss. And right. it is so scary and disturbing. If you play this game with headphones, it is one of the creepiest experiences i've ever had in a game that wasn't like a horror game that wasn't like pt or something right um and then finally in dragon age origins from a satisfaction gameplay standpoint when i beat flemeth for the first time and once again those who know what i'm talking about you're right there with you you know beating flemeth it's great it's absolutely great so there you go i had no problem answering that question paul nichols no problem at all great question 
I was struggling a little bit. Learn to play the games better, Gio. <laughs> you got to beat bosses in order to have favorites. I guess so. Yeah, maybe it's my problem. I don't finish games. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Dang. You could have said you could have you could have cheated and just said Seymour because you fought him like eight times in Final Fantasy yeah. Ten. Yeah. Could have said that, but I don't cheat. Okay, I don't cheat. All right. Uh, final question. I guess this is like a question from Geo. This is like uh, this is from the self, basement. Yeah. Self. The- yeah. Self inflicted question here. Uh, RPGs everyone should play and why? Now you linked us a little a little article here. You want to give us a rundown of what it is? Um. Yeah. Sure. It. it and it was just more for um. You know, reference, just to have yeah some reference. Um, I think for the most part, I think having say for example someone who's not so familiar with RPGs, I think Western RPGs are going to be the one that they you, I would gravitate to. But for folks that are into RPGs, most of them probably play this. But The Witcher Three is is definitely on my list of recommendations for anyone, whether they're you know, not into RPGs or if they are into RPGs. So the Witcher three is on a list. South Park stick of truth. I, what's the one that just recently came out? Um, uh, fractured, but whole fractured, but whole. Okay. I have that one. Not so into that. Uh, I've, I've not, heard, I've heard from almost everybody that stick of truth is far superior though. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that I didn't start off with this one, uh, playing this one, but, you know, uh, maybe if I ever have time, I'll I'll jump into it. I do have it. I just never because it kind of came with a free download. Um, on here as well is Bloodborne. Now, there's there's a, obviously a major problem with this. It's a console exclusive to uh, PlayStation Four, so it's not as as accessible to a lot of people um, to play. Um, but I've always wanted to play, it, especially being a loving Dark Souls. I've wanted to play this. I think that I mean that that's definitely who it's for. But I mean, it's actually even for people who are sort of put off by Dark Souls because they did make the combat a little bit faster, more responsive. Dark Souls, I know, is sort of traditionally a little bit slower, slower right, right, as far as combat goes. So, uh, but it's definitely one of those. Uh, it will beat you down, difficulty, and it, it is a grind it out satisfaction of finally beating stuff so. but that's but that's the major problem another major problem with it no, never mind that it's console exclusive. It's, it's a difficult game and that can turn people away um for example i know my brother-in-law who i've i've tried to turn him on to dark souls and he just says it's just it's just too hard and he just he just moved on from it which is unfortunate because it's such a good game um but that i think is um is a hindrance for sure uh, then you have here uh, Final Fantasy uh, 3 for the Super Nintendo. Is that what it is? Oh, sorry. Final Fantasy 6. Uh, I get that mixed up all the time. My it's weird apologies. that the, the actual number was there in front of you and you still somehow read it incorrectly. Oh, I did do that. I did yeah. do that. This is... A great game, uh, and de- definitely this is one that you should play. I feel like you need to you need to be okay with the older Square titles. This is right. th- this that's the barrier of entry here. You need to be okay with sprites, with reading, with that uh, that style of presentation. But I think the fact that it is 
one of Square's later pixel 2D pixel titles. You're getting all the benefits of the years of refining the systems. You're getting the gameplay systems that, like I said, have been refined. But then you're also getting some of the best sprite artwork ever unless you play the absolute murder of this game on on cell phones uh, where they <laughs> ruined all of the, the actual aesthetic. So, but yeah, this is great. Yeah, and and and, I'll, and I've always been honest about this. I've never played the game, so you know maybe maybe eventually I'll pick it up on on the phone. Um, so <laughs> so next is Baldur's Gate Two, uh, an enhanced edition. This is a big computer role playing game, one of which I've I've never played, and I know it has a fairly large following, a lot of popularity behind this one. Um, but it's it's a from what I've been told, it's just a very lengthy game. Uh, so, uh, and I hate to be the gra- I mean, I hate to be the, the, the one pointing out graphics here to me, that yeah. is a slight barrier. Of, I think would be the barrier of entry for a lot of people. Uh, and also the point and click nature of the game mm-hmm. graphics to me, aren't necessarily a problem, but con- control schemes are archaic control schemes can, can sort of put me off really easily. And yep. I did try Baldur's Gate, the original. So I can't really speak to Baldur's Gate 2 and how that improved at all. But the yep. Baldur's Gate original, the contr- the point and click system really, really hurt me. I'm just so used to, um, I'm so used to WASD and, and controllers, things like that. I know that that's just a product of me being young, but um, point and click for me was kind of hard to overlook. Yeah. Um, and and coming off of that, Icewind Dale two, um, it's kind of a Baldur's Gate esque uh, type yeah. of thing. Again, n- not your thing, and not really, not necessarily my thing. I can get into them a little bit, but again, just just not for me. A game I've never even heard of. I've uh, never heard of this game. Yeah, Tyranny. Uh, so Tyranny is a game with a premise as unique as it's as it is rare in the gaming world. Uh, so even then they, they say that it's, it's kind of, uh, kind of rare. So it seems like it's one of those computer role-playing game type of things. Sorry, sorry, Gio, but it is, uh, made from obsidian, uh, the makers of pillars of eternity. Okay. So it does, it, it definitely does have that point and click, um, no, I don't know if that I don't know if that means that that is the style of game, but I'm just saying that is that is the maker. So like they make quality stuff. So no, they definitely do, but most of their earlier stuff has been even for example, it's compared to uh, Pills of Eternity. So that is also a point. Not yeah, it's point and click. So the I well the I yeah the isometric sort of top down yeah right right. So again, I've never I've never heard of this game. So um, I will uh, not comment on it much further. But next we have is Planescape Torment. More isometric RPGs. Um, are you um, calling me a nerd? There's not all of them are bad. A lot of them are really good. I'm. I'm not one. saying that they're bad. I'm just it's, saying it's it just all the same. Sounds like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like, I really want to get into this. I really want to get into this. But like, I'll say this: for those who played Dragon Age Origins, one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, there was a setting in there where you could scroll the camera back all the way to like have a tactical view and you could actually do point and click because it was hearkening. It was the spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I did not play that way. I didn't. Right. I mean, just like, no, give me in on the action. That's yeah. it. Give me in on the action. 
I mean, for example, the two games I'm doing on, on YouTube are both isometric. So you got Wasteland 2, isometric. Uh, uh, it, it deems itself better to be in a, on the PC, uh, but also um, Divinity Original Sin is also isometric. But Divinity Original Sin, are you playing with a controller? I am, yeah. yeah. Then there you go. Yeah. That, that's, all, that's all I need. Well, I, well, I, I think with Divinity Original Sin, it's it's it, it they've done a lot of work incorporating the controller work. I think they've done a really good job doing that. Whereas Wasteland Two, I feel like it was a it's a little messy. Hmm. Um, but again, they they're just two different companies doing doing something different. Uh, so yeah, next on the list we have. I so so want to play this game is Persona Five. Before I ever looked at the list, this was one of mine. I think this is a very important game for people to play. And I think it's very important on this list because we have been Western-centric up to this point. Here mm-hmm. is a really good a really good entry for a Japanese role-playing game. Um, it comes from a very quality uh, developer. It is a great series, and I think this Persona Five is the culmination of all the greatness that the series has brought over the years. To me, it is the shining beacon of uh, of turn based, like traditional turn based RPGs. Yeah, um, it is unashamed in its turn based, you know, nature. So, yeah. I think it's very important, and I want to play it too. I still have, I I have not played this game. I mean, one drawback, and and not for me because I've kind of been turned on to um, games like this, but the anime style, not everyone is into it. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been loving that lately. So, I mean, I totally not opposed to playing this one game. I don't, I don't think is on the list is, and it's right there with this is Xenoblade Chronicles two um, or one for that matter. Um, those are definitely belong on this list. I don't know when this article was published, so uh, that could be could be it as well. So um, next is Deus Ex. I've I have no experience with this game. Uh, I know it exists. I know a lot of people like it. Again, just I know very little about it. Yeah, don't know. No, nobody knows. For reference, this article was published in May of this year, so it just hates his interplay articles too. Wow. Holy yeah. cow. That's not good. All right. So um uh back into some older uh, JRPGs. Chrono Trigger. Definitely a staple if you're uh, if you like turn based games, uh for sure. Um this is this is one to play. One of those, once again, squares later go at you know, 2d Sprite. So they knew what they were doing. It really looks good. You know, this is the, this was the SNES era. Um, so there you go. Yeah. They really, um, really refined. They um, really honed their craft at that point. Yeah. So really good. Um, also on the list here, mass effect two, the, probably the better one of the series. Um, it combines, um, it's it's definitely sci-fi, um, but it's a uh, Western RPG, and I like. I'm sorry, you're gonna say something. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, it's a it's a it's mostly a shooter, which is again Deus Ex might be a shooter. I I don't know, but it's a shooter RPG, which you don't really see many of. 
So. I want to say, and I don't know for sure, I think Deus Ex is a first-person shooter RPG. Okay. Um, and then this, obviously, third, third person, right? Third yeah, person. third person. Yeah. Uh, I, from what I've seen watching sort of extensive videos and Let's Plays and uh, reading blogs and stuff like that, from what it, it seems, Mass Effect 2 was, as is the case with a lot of series, the first game... Um, is a first and then the second game really really improves upon all the systems it really hones a lot of things that seemed to be what mass effect 2 did for mass effect 1 but and, then and they went to mass effect 3 no, and, and, then, and, then, yeah. and then that's what i was going to say is that and the other thing that mass effect 2 has that it's going has going for it is that it did not have the bad ending of 3 and it did not have the just garbage pile of andromeda so andromeda was just a catastrophic failure um the the developer that made it that division of uh is it bioware um it's not even around anymore uh they just totally abandoned ship and unfortunately uh they came out with this product and not supporting it anymore mass effect fans didn't know how good they had it in mass effect 2 i guess i guess not all right so moving forward here we have star wars Knights of the Old Republic, kind of, kind of in the same vein as Mass Effect. Uh, so, and just for the record, this is according to this list. This is two, the Sith Lords. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like them both. I liked one. Um, they're they're both a little bit different, but th- there's there's some turn based in this that some people might not like. Um. But, you know, I, I'm a fan of Star Wars, so I really, really enjoyed it. I like I like the fact, like you had said with Harry Potter, you know, just because it's a Harry Potter game doesn't mean it needs to have Harry Potter and his mm-hmm. his little friends in it. You know, so this this is perfect. This is before everything happened. So mm-hmm. really I, I, I never played two. Um, I played a bit of one uh, when we were talking about... Graphics is not a barrier for me, but can like archaic systems control schemes are the it it was a huge leap for me going back to the original Kotor. So yeah, I, I'm curious to see if Kotor two would have any updated systems. Um, I think they did because I I want to say that the first Kotor was a mostly computer game. And then it got popular on console, and then that's when they kind of refined their uh, their craft. Um, I'm just trying to... Uh, I can't find it. Okay, so Pillars of Eternity 2, uh, Deadfire. Um, we've been... This, this list seems to like a lot of these point-and-click type of computer RPGs. And this, this is one of them. Now, I will say that this... The, the the voice acting in this game is really good. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Matthew Mercer. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he is he's phenomenal in his voice acting. So he does a lot of um, a lot of the D and D. He does. He has his own podcast where he does D you know D and D tabletop sessions, and a lot of his uh, his crew are in this. They have their hands all over it. So it's amazingly voice acted. I really want to play this game. That may maybe a purchase down the line, but it is it is on the list here. 
Next is Divinity Original Sin. I've never heard of this game. Moving on. The original Original Sin. Yeah, that's too bad. I I I want to get into this. Although I don't know if I have the time to get into this. It's just time is is very valuable and unfortunately I don't know if I'll ever be able to play the first Divinity Original Sin. Maybe Maybe I won't. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, cue the music. Because now on the list is one of the greatest games of all time. Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age Origins does not belong on this list. So again, moving on. we Okay, I'm sorry. I'll let you. (laughs) Why should anyone play this game? Because... To I'll me, step back it from is, the mic. That, to me, it's it's one of the ultimate um, it's one of the ultimate narrative games, uh, and I feel like it gives you so much choice for the amount of narrative there actually is. I have talked about it before. When it comes to choice in a game and versus narrative, there's a sliding scale. You either have strong narrative and little choice, or you have a lot of choice and there's not really a story. Somehow Dragon Age Origins manages to balance that. I'm not saying it's an open world game because it's not, but the amount of places that you can go, the amount of things that you can completely miss, the fact that you can literally kill every single one of your party members by the end of this game, except for maybe one or two, is pretty phenomenal. So it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just a fantastic game with some of the best storytelling I've ever, ever, ever seen. Yeah. And also, you want to talk about voice acting and voice performances. While there are not that many voice actors in this game, you will hear a lot of re- reuse. The voice actors that they do have that are like, uh, you know, the staples for like all the main characters are just some, still some of the best performances I've ever heard. Yeah. And, and that goes along with Divinity Original Sin. Like, everything, everything is voice acted, except for when you read, a, like, you're looking at a book, you know, but everything that's on the screen from a character is voice acted. That's amazing. Now I will say being objective here, being objective, even though this is one of my favorite games, there is a big barrier of entry here because if I'm going to harp on other games for their archaic systems and things, Dragon Age Origins really suffers from that. The, Mm -hmm. uh, the combat system is not very responsive. It's very slow. It, uh, and then the, the visuals, have not really aged that well it 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 just unfortunately doesn't look that great now and then the other problem is that it really wasn't made with consoles in mind so even if you're able to pick up like an xbox 360 or ps3 version or i don't know if it's backwards compatible on on xbox one i don't know if they have that available but it just really doesn't play well on consoles so that there there is a lot of of things of hurdles for, for, for players in 2018 to enjoy one right. of the masterpieces. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough when it's the first iteration yeah. going from PC to console. Cause they're just, they're just really, they're trying to figure it out. Um, so, uh, yeah, moving on here. Um, I was hoping we'd move away from dragon age orange. It's a little quicker, but that's okay. Uh, legend of Grimrock two, a, a game I've, Never heard of. Me either. Okay. Um, so maybe you should play it. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, 
But then we have Skyrim. I feel like this is on every console going back to the Nintendo Entertainment System. They've ported it everywhere. So this game is available no matter what age you are. Uh, you've probably played this game. And it's it's definitely uh, talking about accessibility. It's one of them. It, you know, this is one that you refer to your friends if they've never played an RPG, if they've been playing Madden like for forever. This is the one that you're telling them to go play for sure. You're so right. I think that a lot of diehard core Elder Scrolls fans look at Skyrim and see a lot of dumbing down of systems over over time. Uh, the fact that it's not quite as in-depth as some of the older Elder Scrolls games. And there's a lot of truth to that. But I think that you cannot deny the power of Skyrim is the fact that it is a game for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really believe that. I think of all the games on this list, it is the most accessible for everyone because the fact that this first person is so personal, you know, even if you're not used to games, you're walking through this world and you're seeing it through the character's eyes. I think that there's something past getting past motion sickness. That's the that's the one thing here because it's first person. Um, but past that, like. The fact that you can almost, you know, you can go anywhere, you can do anything you want, you know. I think that this is the game that everyone should at least try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If you're into RPGs, and I feel like everyone's played this, uh, but again, definitely for sure play it. Um, also, I always recommend this one. Anyone in the series is Fallout New Vegas, but you know, Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, they did something a little bit different with Fallout New Vegas, adding um, some factions and stuff like this, kind of harking back to their previous, again, their computer-based uh, systems there with Obsidian. Um, but Fallout New Vegas is is got a cool story. I, uh, the setting, I prefer the DC setting in Fallout 3, but Fallout New Vegas, it's, it's, it's on the same level, for me anyways, with Skyrim. I don't know. I, I've I've never played New Vegas. I played three and I played four. Okay, well, I, you know, it, I I think Fallout maybe not for everyone. It may not be for everyone, but I don't know. I I, I like the post apocalyptic world that Fallout's made, and this is definitely one to be played. And then last on the list, and I'll say it right now, I've never played this game. I've heard. A million things about this this title. Just never played it. Xenogears. I feel like this is a weird one for the list. I mean, I yeah. well, it, and it depends. Like, because we're if we're talking about brand new players to RPGs, what should they play first? I, th- that's definitely not this. But if we are thinking about this, like every RPG fan should play these games, then I could see why Xenogears is on the list. It is just an absolute classic game. Um, and I mean, if we're, if we're, you know, we both love Xenoblade Chronicles two, we wouldn't yep. have that game without the, you know, the predecessor Xena gears. The thing about it is that it, I mean, it's very, um, it's very well documented that the game was unfinished. Uh, you know, the, okay. the second disc is the, I mean, the last third of the story you're, you're just watching through cutscenes. you know? So that's why I just think it's kind of an odd one. I mean, I'm surprised that this is on there before something like Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Well, you had mentioned um, dated graphics and Final Fantasy VII, you know, while it's very, very popular, the um, the graphics did not, for me, didn't age well. 
Yeah. Do you have I mean, you're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Do you have something in your eye? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, because you're real. You're like knuckle deep into your eyeballs, and, it's, <laughs> and I'm yeah, watching. Uh, something. Something is in there. It's great. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so I mean, that's their list. If if you guys out there can think of anything else that if you know for another RPG fan, what should they play? Um, keeping in mind accessibility, um, I think that's kind of important. You know, um, but. My, my one I will add to that is Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, okay. Just throwing Geo's accessibility out the door. You got to have a PS4 to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it's one of the sort of modern marvels of of today, especially coming from a developer who had never made an RPG before in their lives. They just went absolutely mental, giving us one of the prettiest games of all time, a great third-person action open-world RPG. Yeah. Uh, and there are there are, are plenty of RPGs that are not on the list. Uh, you know, you, you t- Dragon Quest isn't on the, on that list. Um, any of the Tales to... games, any of the Trails games. Yeah, the, it, yeah I mean, there's, there's missing so, so many. many. Like Zelda Breath of the Wild is not. A, wait a minute, that's not an RPG. Madden. Madden. Um, uh, yeah, you know. ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Madden ninety nine. Get yeah. out of here, Phil. Come on. Don't 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 do this to me. Don't go to the dark side. Joe, you know what time it is. It it's is time. It's to time for a side quest. Packer bags and go on a side quest. We're gonna do one tonight, even though we one. had two prepared. We're gonna do That's one a, tonight. No, pro- no problem. Uh Gio, what'd you text uh, text out? What what'd you tweet out earlier today? Uh today I tweeted out earlier. Um you're talking the uh the poll? Yes, yes. Okay. So given the choice whether or not to play evil or good, say for example in dialogue options or just a complete playstyle altogether, um, it, it, what do you do? Do you play good? Do you play evil? Are you kind of somewhere in the in between? Does it really depend on on the given choices? Yeah, w- what do you do? Geo, I, I must confess. I must confess. No matter how hard I try, I cannot go evil. Yep. It's something that I I literally try to do, and I just can't bring myself to do it. I always have to play the sort of paladin guardian character, where yeah, you know, I I'm I'm giving all the best responses, and if I do play an evil character, it is just a single run through like of a game I've already played, and I just want to see something else. But that is just like my uh, my diversion you know into that but my like canon every time has to be good and, and i feel like that's just the nature of people um not everybody is evil so you know again with role-playing games you're going to put yourself into the situation and most people are inherently good people most people so and, and that's kind of exhibited in the poll. I mean, so far right now, there are 61 votes. I, I didn't put this up too uh, long ago. It's got 17 hours left, okay? So right now, we're at 44% good, 10% evil, 15% kind of mixed, and then 31%. It's kind of a high number. It really depends. So it depends on the situation. Now, I, I actually brought this up because I'm, I'm doing uh, an evil playthrough with Divinity Original Sin. And it's 
and I mostly play for for the most part. I play good, so it's really it's really fun and interesting to to have that different aspect to be to be evil to pick those choices to you know pickpocket more to to do all those evil things. It it's uh, it introduces a whole different play style of playing playing a game, and it's it's kind of fun. It is really fun. I'm not an evil person. It's just fun to play, okay? Don't judge me. Do not judge me. So, you know, if I had to, if I had to pick in this poll, I would have to say good for the most part. But, you know, having playing play this evil, I'd like to to give it a shot in other games. Now, I think for them also for the most part that other games don't they don't allow for that creativity to play fully evil. So, you know, you got the, or, or they just make it insanely difficult. Like, like say, for example, um, in, in Skyrim, if you start stealing, if you start doing all those bad things, entire towns will go after you. So it makes it very hard. You just to, gotta get better at it. Oh man. Just don't Are get you caught. Saying, I, I, yeah. Well, that can, you know, if they, if they find like a stolen item on you, sometimes they'll, they'll get you. So you know, some some games just make it really hard to have an evil playthrough. And maybe yes, maybe I'm not that good, or you know, I'm I am getting caught. But it was just fun to see what other people are people are thinking. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, and and uh, and I will say this: that for those who know just how much I love Banner Saga, I will say the Banner Saga series was very difficult for me because it is a game that I encountered where. You aren't necessarily, you are not necessarily choosing um, good or evil choices. You are choosing Mm -hmm. the hard, the hard choices. And so you can be choosing something you think is the best option and yet you still let 400 people die. You know, so like it is, it is a game that no matter sort of what you do, something bad is going to happen because it's realistic. It's like we're in a terrible situation and nothing, there are no right options. And so like that was a game that over and over, I'm just like, well, now I'm going to have to live with that forever. So that was tough. That was tough, but it was great. Yeah. Cool. All right. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we'll save our triple R because it's it's, it's a good one. We'll save our triple R for next week for next week. Geo, that's going to wrap up episode 25. We made it. We made it. We made it. Quarter to 100. Look at us. Holy cow. And to half, think. Half a year. Has it been half a year? I mean, basically, right at it. Yeah. Yeah. You suffered with me for a half a year. That's, you deserve like a raise. Everybody deserves raises for listening this far to uh, 25 episodes of the Switch RPG podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for sticking around. It's meant so much to both of us. I know something yep. we talk about throughout the week, just how excited we are to get back in here and record another episode. And it's humbling to know that there are ears out there listening to us for an hour a week, sometimes longer. So thank you so much. Give yourselves a round of applause. That's great. Here's to our last 25, and here's to 25, then 250, and 2,500 more. You know, so Whoa. there we go. Whoa, easy, easy. So that Gio's beard is old and gray. <laughs> it's getting there, man. Thank it's you good. so much for listening. Remember, 
that you can send your questions to us through the form at switchrpg.com slash podcast. Remember, you can catch this show each and every week on your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Uh, If you're listening on one of those apps and want to help us out, the best way you can do that is actually to head over to iTunes. You can just get, you don't have to have an iPhone. You don't have to have a MacBook. You can just go to iTunes website. You can Google switch You can Google switch RPG podcast iTunes and find our show through the iTunes website. You can leave us a review on there. That helps us out tremendously. Even if you're a Stitcher listener, leave us an iTunes review. That would be amazing because itunes is what runs the business ladies and gentlemen remember you can head over to switchrpg.com for all of your rpg needs on the nintendo switch platform until next week all go and bow down to the greatness of dragon age origins whoa really we doing this we're doing that whatever goodbye (laughs) <laughs> Bye, everybody.